It's episode 106 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Mariana Fajar. Hi. Hello. It was perfect. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, it's very important to me that I get people's names right in general, but also on the podcast, um, I feel it's that it's... recorded for posterity. Exactly. So, yeah. I like to think that people will listen to this and go, oh, that's how Mariana pronounces her surname. I don't know. Maybe I don't have that much <laughs> sway on things. Thank you very much for coming on the Improv London podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, it would be awful if it was some sort of terrible chore that had to be Yeah, endured. I was uh, made to come up here and locked in a room. I didn't want to, but Stuart is very mean. I run a tight... <laughs> As everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well known for my meanness. That is very much... <laughs> well, maybe... I don't know. Part of me likes that idea. <laughs> you are a member of 20% Less. Yes, I am. You've had Maddie here before. Yes. With another third of the, the group. Together with Lucy, yeah. Tell me about 20% less. What's it like being in 20% less? What does 20% less do? Uh, it's great being in 20% less. We started um, as a... We joined our uh, the three of us. Actually, we were four, five at the start. We're now three. Uh, because we wanted to, to do improv in a more... Um, what's the word? Um open way maybe uh, only with women and um, sometimes playing with men is a bit harder we have to be a little more aggressive so we thought that it would be great to, to play just with women and be uh, having our ideas heard so yeah that's great and we also host shows uh, all our shows have um, the amplifying voices as our main um, objective we have Word of Mouth, which is a non-female identifying lineup, which is meant to amplify the voices of uh, female identifying individuals. And that's like our longest running show. We've been doing it for more than a year. And it's been a great experience. We've met tons of amazing women and very funny. And we're starting now in, well, we've actually had a soft launch in June of Queer Those, which is a LGBTQ community show. Um, and we have a big show in August as well. Cool, cool. We actually have three shows in August. <laughs> that brilliant, excellent. It's nice to know there's stuff going on in London. Not everyone has uh, yeah. decamped to Edinburgh. So let's 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 look at twenty percent less. And yeah, can we explore this kind of idea of you say open? Yeah. Um, it's like I I've been before twenty uh, percent less. I I had a group uh, which was talking of, which sadly. Uh, died our our puppy died uh, <laughs> not because of 20 percent less other things <laughs> happen uh, but at the time where 20 percent less uh formed uh there were five males and me um which is fine and they're great people i love them all uh and it's actually it was actually very a very diverse group for other reasons mm. even if i was the only woman uh but yeah at that point um, I felt like I wanted to explore playing with women more and Lucy was looking for Lucy and I started as a true prov actually oh, yeah uh, we came out of a um, workshop with uh, 
Patrick Clare from UCB in New York, uh, where we thought we played very well together, and Champagne encouraged us to, to do a two-prof. And from then, we started playing with Mavi and Kima as well. Yeah. Kima now is like, she went, uh, she's very successful, so she had to leave us. <laughs> she has a lot of things going on. <laughs> Uh, cool. And so, what sort of uh, do you have a particular form you follow, or? Yeah, we have our own form that we developed together with Olivia Hensler from UCB as well. She is now in LA, so she, I can lo no longer say from UCB New York. <laughs> um, and it's like a mix of the Pretty Flower and the La Ronde. Cool. So, remind me how those both work. Uh, the Pretty Flower has um, a center scene, which yes. is sort of a mono scene and then if something shiny you want to follow out of the mono scene happens you can go out in a petal right and like do a tag run yes and then go back to the main scene right and then as many petals as you want to do when something shiny happens cool in our particular form we substitute the tag runs with larons and the laron is when you start um a scene with two people, then one of those people stays in the scene and another person comes to play with them and so on and so on. So instead of doing a tag run where you have to follow the same character all the time, yes, you do a around where you follow the new character wow. every time. But then you eventually get back to the to original the, scene. To the original scene, yeah. Wow, that sounds great. And then we play around with endings a bit because, yeah, uh, 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 an improv set never finishes that's the idea it can always uh, keep on going but if um, we play a bit with uh, endings because we know we do need to end because yeah, we yeah, usually yeah. have a set amount of time to to do it so how do you end um, we've played around we've played around with bringing up as many characters as we want back which is hard because we are three and we can't multiply ourselves <laughs> uh, or just finishing the main um, scene with the three original people. Oh, right. So yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. depends. We play a bit with that. It depends how inspired we are, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting because I've not thought about endings. It's Well, I find that hard because I find it hard to remember who was the th who were the three characters originally. <laughs> so I think that's a lovely thing to do, but I would just struggle with all the things that are going on just to try to kind of like bring it back but I suppose that's practice isn't yeah. it and little there's little tricks you can use like using different voices and postures to remind yourself of the characters you've already played or like the hot spots on the stage ah yeah 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 yeah, yeah. cool um so you're quite UCB sort of influence yeah we've all uh mainly done UCB stuff so yeah we are very UCB influenced. We've done, uh, like, I've done a lot of other schools as well, and I think they all inform each other. But yeah, UCB is probably the one I took more of. Yeah. So you're looking for the first unusual thing in a scene? Yeah. We, we set our base reality, and then when the unusual thing happens, we follow it, yeah. And do you get a suggestion at the start? We do. We uh, uh, take as a suggestion a line from a movie. Oh, right, and then yeah. from there we go to um, Park Bench of Truth. And then we start our 
Pretty Flower after a short two-minute, three-minute-long Park Bench of Truth. Ah, right. So how is the Park Bench of Truth different from someone doing a monologue? Uh, it's You really think about being sitting in a park bench and just chatting with each other. Oh, That's right, what yeah. we do. Oh, right. So it's, yeah, so it's a bit like... Um, it's a bit like the living room yeah. in that aspect. You are, yeah, all right. So you're telling the truth and but bouncing off each other, yeah. that sort of thing. Cool. And we tend to mock each other a lot and like, yeah, we mock. Uh, we <laughs> get one of us always gets annoyed in, <laughs> really? a, in a very loving way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in that dynamic. Why? Why is that fun? Um, we've. We didn't catch that ourselves, we didn't notice it ourselves, but uh, most of the people who coach us tell us we have a really cool dynamic and um, chemi- chemistry between us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's like what we try to play now with. And the like, we're very different as well. We each come from, uh, grew up in different countries and we have uh, life experiences that are very different. So there's always things about us about each other that surprises us. So yeah, that's what we play around with in the Park Bench of Truth. I mean, it's really nice when you're watching both the kind of the, I'm gonna say story, but I don't necessarily mean that in a narrative sense, but you know, what's going on in the scene, but then you're also enjoying what's going on between the improvisers. And especially if you've got a group of improvisers who do work together well, you know, seeing the different levels can be really, yeah. really good fun to watch. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. We, I think we all always enjoy what we do on stage. Even when the improv isn't as perfect, we always enjoy being together. So, yeah. Brilliant. Well, not much more you can ask than that, yeah. really, isn't it? <laughs> um, and within, uh, within 20% less, what sort of role do you play? Are you... I mean, we don't have to talk about Robot Pirate Ninja, but we can do if you think about things in that way. Yeah, you, you. Um, I think we, we, we're all very roboty. Right. With all the three of us. We, Kima was our pirate. Uh, and we're working towards becoming more, uh, having more pirate like um, behavior because that's important to make things more exciting or more unexpected. And you, we all uh, should uh, aim to be a ninja, which is the perfect r- robot and um, pirate percentage of in a person. I should be a ninja. So that's what we're aiming for. But I think we're all very um, rational and we think about, um, we're all a bit like that. That's interesting. Interesting to have three people that are all, you know, working in that similar yeah. sort of way. But we try to... Um, and I think we, we managed to, uh, although it's not our uh, initial approach to improv, maybe we try to um, to just do um, some piratey moves. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Uh, so yeah, can you tell me about Foreign Office? Tell me about how that started, what sort of thing you do with that? So at the time we still had Kima and uh, the group, the four of us, only Maddie's uh, from the UK. We're all foreign. Uh, and looking around us, we can see that there are a lot of foreign people. Uh, from my particular experience, I always find that people patronize me a bit because I'm foreign and I speak really good English. And sometimes I don't get all the opportunities in work, uh, not only in comedy, in like general work. So as with Word of Mouth as well, is 
about amplifying the voices of the um, the non standard or more, the less standard if you will although it's not standard uh, <laughs> um, portions of the population yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a regular night uh, is that at the miller uh, yeah we have run it with hoopla we don't have any scheduled right now uh, so it's un- uncertain what's the future oh, right. of, oh, okay. of the foreign enough. offices uh, we do have word of mouth we run it uh, sometimes with hoopla we run it with c3 something uh, we the august date we have is at the miller uh what, during um hoopla's holidays cool uh we also run it at waterstones um we, the waterstones yeah. the bookshop yes tell me about that oh that's uh i found out they ran events there so i just asked can we run a comedy night there and they said yes and yeah. it was awesome it's it was really good we had an audience of no one we knew, no one from improv, no, yeah. Brilliant. I'm lying. Roderick was there. <laughs> but apart but from Roderick. From Roderick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That's a really interesting idea. Yeah. And then they they cut off a piece of, a bit of their co- coffee shop, hmm. but the bookshop is still open for people to go and browse. So there's people browsing and laughing at our jokes. And so that was really cool. That's they great. didn't pay for the ticket and they were laughing at us, but <laughs> they, it's always good to have people enjoy what you do. So, yeah, I'm really interested in your sort of... Was it you that put this together? Uh, yeah, like I'm, I, I do much of the admin, but yeah. I'm really interested in the admin because it's not the glamorous side of it, but it's so crucial to, you know, making shows happen. So I'm just interested in what you suggest. I think I'm just like a, I've always been a very organized person from like my academic bri- background I'm a biochemist. Oh, right. Uh so I'm used to like keeping my all my spreadsheets and stuff. Um so I guess I'm just organized and I think like the the main thing I've learned uh, doing admin for improv and for putting on shows and stuff is just ask just ask people if they want to play your show just ask people if you can hold the show at the place they run the worst thing that can happen is they say no. Hmm. That's great. It's great. The idea of spotting, you know, Waterstones and then just getting to do a show there. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. And we'll, we're probably going to be back there in the autumn as well. And we've, we're going probably as well to start doing shows at the House of Idiot in Brixton because they're opening it up to other groups to run stuff there. So we may ra- run a, a monthly night there, which will be either a word of mouth or a query. Those are one of the nights we already run, but we'll have uh, a venue every month um, available to us. Cool. That's really great. So how do you hear about these opportunities? I'm just online a lot. I My main job is uh, social media managing, so I'm on the internet all day and things just pop up. Yeah. So things pop up, but then you take the opportunity and then you organize with them. Yeah, I just email and ask. That's like, yeah, the the best advice, I think. Cool, cool. That's really great. Um, So, yeah, tell me about word of mouth. Um, Again, uh, looking around us, uh, if you look at any comedy show, chances are it's uh, the... the, um, the scale tips towards the straight white male uh, side, always. 
uh, and I've, uh, I've heard uh, this is a quote from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court Justice um, in America. Uh, she said uh, that when the, the moment she'll stop uh, fighting for more women to be Supreme Court Justice uh, will be the, the moment where all of them are. <laughs> and the person who was interviewing her asked but that's not fair because there's no equilibrium. The thing is, there are, uh, until she was a Supreme Court justice, the Supreme Court was 100% male. So until there's a 100% female Supreme Court justice, there's no equality. Because in the past, there were already 100% male Supreme Courts. So yeah, that's what we're trying to do with World of Mouth. Uh, for as many 100% uh, female identifying lineups we can put on, there that's still too little when looking at the landscape of shows, of comedy shows in London and in the world. Cool, cool. Um, and you're also involved in C3 Something. Yes. Tell me about C3 Something. Uh, I've always been, I started improv with them. Uh, my first improv class was uh, a drop-in. Uh, C3 something drop-in. Um, was that one with Carleen? Yes. I miss Carleen's drop-ins. I tell her this every time I see her. <laughs> she says the improv scene's moved on. That makes me sad. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> I was just sharing. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, uh, that was... I And my first few shows were their shows as well. So... Uh, uh, and then my first team, Talking Dog, were um, C3-something-else team, 20% less, are a C3-something-else team. Uh, I've taken, I'm not going to say all, but almost all the workshops of the guest teachers they bring from, from the US. Uh, so yeah, they've always had a special place in my improv heart, if that exists. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, when the opportunity came for me to play with them and to help out with shows, I was very happy to to be to be a part of it cool. and there's like an op a show every week so that's a great thing as well for me to to be playing and yeah for those that haven't been along on Sundays to the horse and stables what can they expect if they come along so uh, our shows on Sundays have two two parts the the main show which is uh, we have usually two guest teams see if you something plays uh, and we have a jam when there's enough people for a jam, which doesn't always happen. But we encourage people to come to our jams because they're very uh, supportive and friendly. <laughs> so do come to our jams, come to our shows on Sunday and stay for the jam. Uh, and we have a special, what we call the, um, what do we call it? Late night specials. We have our late night specials, which, uh, which is a spot we have open for anyone who wants to put on a show. Uh, word of Mouth, uh, the first Word of Mouth was a late night special. Uh, we have other regular late night specials. We do one that's a lot of fun that we call Understudied. And it's when an actor prepares a two person scene and the improviser doesn't know. You've done the musical I've one. I've done the musical one, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much, Megan, for inviting me along. Uh, and that's always a lot of fun and it usually happens monthly. And we've done other uh, formats that we enjoy, uh, like the improvised stand-up, where stand-ups come and improvise each other's sets. Whoa. Usually a stand-up has a set list, so they they have like bullet points of what their, their stand-up is about. 
So another stand-up stand up will pick that those bullet points oh. and improvise a stand-up set. Those are also a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, the, uh, the, uh, the, um, the time when I got to uh, sing with... Uh, <laughs> that was very funny. It's really intense. It was like an entire improv show condensed into about four minutes because it's improvising a scene and then improvising a song. But normally when you're improvising a song, the other person is also improvising. But if they're already singing crazier than you from the Adams family, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's really worth trying actually because it's really intense. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of fun doing the um, doing that format as I, I've never done the the musical one, but I have a lot of fun being the improviser in those scenes. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's an exercise in justification, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you have to. You have to fold in whatever the other person does. And also in understanding that as long as you commit, uh, which is a, a thi one of the most important things in improv, in my opinion, as long as you commit to what you've said, none of it is actually a mistake. You just have to justify it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I think the audience loves that sort of thing because they know the peril that you're in and, yeah. you know, they love to see you, uh, to, uh, see you thrive or... Either way, um, so C three something doing the movie format at the moment. Is that the main format? Uh, we do the movie, the mono scene. Um, yeah, I think that's our two main ones. So, so the mono scene. I've heard different definitions of that. Is it where it's sort of some overall locations? And then it's sort of scenes within that location, but it can be different people playing different scenes within that, or is it something different? The mono scene happens in one location, right. which is a room. Right. I think the one you're describing is the macro scene. Ah, right, okay. Uh, the mono scene happens within a, one location. The same improviser can play more than one character as long as he leaves and enters again as someone else. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's no tags or sweeps. So you're, you only leave the scene if you get out of the room. Mm. The imaginary room, you don't actually need to leave the room. <laughs> even though there is the real door mono scene where people just stand outside of the room and come in with a bold choice. Wow. And you have to justify it, and that's a lot of fun to play as well. <laughs> okay, cool. That's interesting. Yes, thank you for that uh, definition. Um, yeah, so what is it about that format you particularly enjoy? When you do the monocene, you have to, to make big character choices um, and have like character game, defined character games, and that's, that's helpful in all of improv. Uh, and I think that's why I particularly like doing different formats is each of them teaches you something about the craft. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's always important to, to listen, to be aware of your surroundings in a mono scene as well. And recently you went to New York for the Dell Close Marathon. Yes, I went to New York for a whole month because 20% less and uh, a group of uh, players from C3 something, something were playing the Dalclos Marathon. Wow. I went earlier because I wanted to, to do some courses at UCB. I also did some courses at the Brooklyn Comedy Collective, which is a school founded by the, um, 
the creative director from the Annoyance Theatre in New York before it stopped existing. And when the Annoyance stopped existing in New York, he created his own school. He has been in London, Philip Markle, he taught a workshop with C3 something. So I took the opportunity in New York to also take his course. Cool, what was that like? It's um, uh, the Annoyance's philosophy is new to me. Uh, so it's always good to um, to try different things and new philosophies, and uh, their intensive was not uh, strictly improv. They also had um, stand up afternoon, a, um, ca- commercial casting afternoon. Will Oera did one of the afternoon uh, classes as well, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Cool. I mean, how does I mean, it's hard for you to sum up, but what was different about Annoyance from say UCB or something like that? Did you learn something particular from annoyance, or it's a hard question? Um, it's it's a different philosophy. They they uh, maybe focus a little a little less on the the structure. Uh, I think the main thing is, they teach is that you have to have a deal from the start, so you have to come in with uh, emotional choice and then play the scene with that deal in mind, which is an interesting way to play. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, for those that haven't been, which includes me, what's the, what is the Del Close Marathon? The De- Del Close Marathon is a 56-hour-long uh, non-stop improv festival. That's where too much improv. You can argue that. <laughs> uh, and t- this year they had 700 shows in, I think, seven theatres. That is really overwhelming because the theatres are far away in the city. The trains in New York work terribly. Oh, <laughs> it's no. not like the the London tube. So if you <laughs> if you don't ride a bicycle, it's really hard to um, to go from one theatre to the, to the other. And there is, like, uh, huge queues uh to get in because it's theater cleaning people, everyone comes out and a new batch of people go in so you have to make choices commit to it's like improv you <laughs> have to make choices and commit to them and just don't leave the queue if you want to get in <laughs> don't try to get somewhere else because you won't watch anything cool that's, that's a good tip that's a good tip so how did uh, C3 something get to appear um Twenty percent less also so, appeared. Okay, twenty percent less and C three something. You can apply for DCM. Anyone can apply for DCM. Um, they, I don't know if this has always been the way, but this year they asked you for a fifteen minute at least a video of you performing improv, and they ask who you are, what you've done, what's your improv experience, if you play regularly or not. And both of us got in. Uh, there were other teams from London also p- playing DCM. The Bareback Kings uh, were there as well. Yeah, it was a good representation of the London improv scene. Cool. Um, and yeah, what were what was your sets like? How was it? What was it? How was it different being in New York, playing as part of that rather than just in the UK? I guess like there's not a huge difference other than you're playing to big audiences. Um, and yeah, and you, the references may not uh, go through, but also you shouldn't rely on references because you don't know who in the audience will have the same references as you. Um, 20% less play the first day of the festival, 
we had a very fun um, set and that I think people enjoy uh, C3 something the, the team we took was called the Basic Beach Crew uh, the BBC uh, <laughs> played the second day of the festival and we also had a very fun set we actually have um, for those who remember him he's uh, uh, pre my time doing improv it is during my time watching improv, but pre my time doing improv, Alistair McGee oh, yeah, yeah. was also uh, a DCM, so he played with us, but he was doing another set at the same time, so we would only be able to arrive midway through our set. <laughs> and we told him, just do it, because it's like the real Darmona scene, just come in and make a bold choice, and he did, and that like was great. It was amazing, and everyone in the audience, what just happened? So, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Cool, that sounds great. And we also did, because they do beach shows, um, Steve Rose uh, Improv Marathon also had the beach shows, and they do, like, all through the night, they're mostly beach shows, and really the beach show where we, we just aggressively fed each other pizza whilst trash-talking each other as well. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I did a, a mashup uh, show as well, because you can also apply for those, and they have, like, themes, and I did the immigrant mashup show where a bunch of immigrants from different places in the world just got together and played an improv set. Cool. That sounds great. It's really interesting. I didn't realize you could apply to go yeah. there. That's cool. You'd recommend it for people to... I do. It, this, this is the last year for the foreseeable future, uh, at least in New York. They are doing the Delco's Marathon in LA for, from next year, All right. which will probably make it a little bit more difficult for people from London to go, because it's far, further away and more expensive. I am planning to go. <laughs> to go. I'm already uh, yeah. saving money for that. Excellent. It will also be different, because there's no trains. But I think I've been told the theatres in LA are very close to each other. so. Cool, that sounds great. And you're also involved with Funny Women? Yes, uh, I'm their social media manager and I do review for them, reviews for them. I also teach a bit with them. Oh, I forgot to say that, talking about drop-ins, C3 something are bringing back drop-ins. Yay! We've started bringing them up, um, bringing them back in the past couple of months, but from September on they will be more regular. Cool. I'll be teaching a lot of them. Excellent. And where, where, what day of the week are these? They be? will be Sundays cool. uh, before our show at the Horse and Stables. Fantastic. Cool. Put it all in one place so it's cool. easier for us to, <laughs> to do all the admin. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then I imagine if someone's come along for the drop-in, then they might even stay for the, the show, show and it's all and a beautiful synergy. Exactly. And <laughs> stay for jams and everything. <laughs> nice. I like what you've done there. <laughs> um, so when, you, when you're teaching for Funny Women, what sort of things... What sort of things are you teaching? Um, it's a lot of um, improv games and stuff like that because um, they're, they mostly focus on stand-up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's mostly uh, exercises that will make the, the people that are taking the class be know each other and exercising in listening and uh, storytelling, which are important for stand-up as well. Cool. What's your favorite game? I like I really like the um, the storytelling hotspot do you know I think people are more familiar with the musical hotspot yes or someone's in the middle singing and then when something tagged out yes you can do that with like uh, monologues oh that's interesting yeah 
So whenever the monologue, you, you can't always listen to the monologue, you're, oh, the story is really interesting and I want to know the, the end of it. Someone takes the person out and tells their own story. So it also like promotes conversation after class because, oh, I wanted to know what happened in that story. Yeah. Cool, that sounds great. Um, right, so uh, do you find learning improv from a book helpful? And if so, do you have a favorite improv book? I do. I'm a, I'm a very, um, what's the word, um, analytical person. Yeah. So books are an easy way for me to learn. Uh, I've read the UCB manual. It's very good. Whilst doing, um, whilst trying to learn the Herald with Talking Dog. And I think it's a great, great resource. I'd say after you have like some of the bases of improv, uh, How to Be the Greatest Improviser on Earth from yes. Will Hines is a great book. Yes, that's very, very good. I love an improv book. Um, it helps me because you've got time to properly digest some of the theories. And I find that it helps me pick things up faster in class because sometimes I've already got some of the information from the book and so it takes less kind of processing power when I'm in the class or I can understand greater nuances. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's also good to have them and to go back to, to them because you change, your improv changes and things you didn't that didn't make sense to you when you first read it will make sense to you. There are also great resources for teachers Cool, excellent. Yes, I hardly endorse both those those books. There. I found them both uh, brilliant. Uh, who, who or what has had the most influence on your improv? That's a difficult question because it's because um, I've been doing improv for a while, so different people at different times have had uh, different influences. I'd say like the first person person I should mention is Champagne, and because I started doing improv because of him um, and he's uh, always super supportive and he's a great teacher. I think he's one of the best teachers I've had in improv and I've had great teachers, but he's yeah. a great teacher. Uh, and then like just from the beginning uh, doing some great classes, my first teacher, one month, one month in, I decided to do a guest teacher class with Connor Ratcliffe, who is now one of my favorite improvisers in the whole world world so having him as uh, like an early teacher is, is great and then i love will Hines and everything he does the podcasts the books uh yeah and the way he sees improv and he analyzes it is great for me cool excellent so if uh someone was to step on stage with you perhaps in a jam what could they do to delight you just like listen really hard because I think that's the, the the most important skill in improv that I find that some people forget um, that'll if like if my scene partner is listening to me I'm delight delighted uh, and just high, like really high commitment in at DCM what inspired me the most was how much commitment everyone had whilst doing really crazy moves and piratey moves 
and being really good at all the basics of improv listening, who, what, where, everything, even in beat shows, it was like the improv was perfect, but I committed so hard with everything, with all their moves, with their body. I came back wanting to, to, to really be fit. I do capoeira and I feel like in the past three years I've been trying to do a handstand and I haven't yet been able to but now just because of improv I will because I want to be able able to control my body because I've seen people do amazing things and commit hard yeah what sort of things do you think you uh there was this whole 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 set with Betsy Sodaro and um Chris Tarver where they were just uh setting up a baby's like the the little thing where they play inside. I don't know oh, how you call it. Oh, a playpen or a cot? Yeah, a cot maybe. Cots play usually pen. where they sleep. Okay, then a playpen. Yeah, a playpen sort of thing. Yeah. With the, yeah, they walk around the outside. And they just were making it very hard on themselves to, to do it and they will fall with it on top of them. <laughs> great. While at the same time connecting with each other and doing an improv scene, but like really straining their bodies while doing that. And I thought that was like, one of the best moments. There was this uh, other uh, set that was Anthony Atmanic, uh, Gil Ozeri and Katie Deepal doing um, a bet where they're blindfolded, so they're in the dark. Um, and they just committed hard. They would go straight to the end of the stage, running the risk of falling down, but they would anyway. That commitment was great. And then, like, Shannon O'Neill was at the side and she decided to start playing with chairs and putting them around them without them knowing. <laughs> and they committed hard. They would go against the chairs, but they would still commit. And I thought that co that kind of commitment is what I want to do. Cool. That sounds brilliant. Um, what's your what's your signature move? What's the what's the classic thing that you can do that always saves the day, brings down the house? say I'm good at justifying so I guess justification is important sometimes um, yeah but I've been uh, more intent in uh, being more um, acting my emotions better so yeah I don't know what would be my signature move. <laughs> you'd have fun. to ask someone else <laughs> <laughs> what do they think I do <laughs> cool right What's coming up that people can get involved with? So, see through something ever ever show every Sunday. We may take a break, a couple of days break in August. We're still uh, figuring it out, but keep posted on our social media because it will all be up. And twenty percent less F three shows in August. We have a charity show where we're raising funds for Bloody Good Period, which is a period poverty charity. Uh, on the 2nd of August at the Miller, uh, we have Word of Muff at the 9th of August at the Miller, and we have Queer Those, which is our new LGBTQ night on the 31st of August at the Miller as well. We're taking over the Miller in August <laughs> from Hoopla. We didn't take more dates because I'm going to be away in Edinburgh for two weeks, <laughs> so it had to be around my time in Edinburgh. Brilliant. That sounds fantastic. I encourage everyone to go along to those. They sound great. Yeah, and do follow us on all our social medias, 20% less and see through something. We're happy to have you like our pages and our photos and all of it. <laughs> Fantastic. 
Thank you very much for being a guest on the Improv London podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yay! I made this. That's improv! <laughs> <laughs>